we gather here today <laughs> to celebrate the life of an incredible streak. Nine and three over the course so of five days and lost tragically in the early mo- early hours yeah. early of May 14th. Yeah. Today, we mourn the heater. Yes. Yes, we do. And kind of the death of the KB over. Oh, really God. got slammed the old KB over. Uh, and the, appropriately, the lights go out where you are. I can't wow. afford my I electrical mean, bill anymore. <laughs> the production value we have is truly incredible. I think that was that was actually well played. Um, yeah. What can you say? What can you say? You got it, it was a heat check, and like so many heat checks, this one uh it failed you. It this failed the, you. This is the last dollar I have to my name, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> please, please help. Just hold it tight. Gonna, oh uh, so in the end, puffy. you know what? I I felt really good and I felt as if I could move mountains and i could just i thought i could control the outcomes and and i went away from the two bets i was most confident in two bets i was most confident lg twins and deuce on bears over if i go there it's a 50 50 the heater's probably still alive uh you know that's a 10 and uh four in the last 14 that's a heater that you know we're still we're still kicking but i got cocky Started playing the dinos. I don't even like the dinos. I, I I just I got a little out of my I got a little out of my uh, element, and uh, it's just uh, it's it's a tough tough day for me. One and three in my four picks on the KBO. Still ten and four. I mean, in the last you know whatever, but still you know you, you can't call it a heater when you're one for your last four. So That's it was tough. a it was a good run. Some say I was a little too cocky uh, during the heater yeah. and may have jinxed it, but I. I honestly can't imagine why anyone would say that. I think I was humble. I stayed true to my guns. Uh, you know, I I was completely within myself all along. I, I I can't imagine why anyone would say I was cocky. Uh, that that final part seems inaccurate. I I just as a math magician, and I see uh, producer Ali is already despaired that I'm banging my mic two seconds into the show, which is great. <laughs> Um, that is actually my greatest math magic trick is making her life as hard as possible. Um, but no, I really think though you're correct. Your cockiness did not have an impact in this. This is purely random. This is just what happens when when you bet the KBO, the KBO giveth and the KBO taketh away. But mostly the KBO has giveth. So I'm not even going to complain. Just moments ago the kbo giveth the greatest gift of all to me right as we were preparing for the show (laughs) you i i told you we're we're doing the records because of course i couldn't do that ahead of time because my goal and my my math magic trick is to make life hard on producer ali I though did find out that instead of an 03 day, what happened? Hold on, hold is... on, hold on. Okay, okay, okay. Real quick, I'm like Andre. What's your record? He's like, uh, I've fallen to uh, 17 and 20. I was like, you went 0 and 3 last night. He's like, yeah, I did. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> you weren't you on Doosan and Lote? He's like, yeah, I had the over, of course. You know that's that's the best over 
combination in the league. And I was like, they covered, bro. They scored 11. And he's like, no, dude, the score was 5-4. So we both whip out our phones, pull it out, and there it is. Amazingly. 7-4. to four. Yeah. Amazingly, my kid got me up so early that I didn't realize it wasn't a final score. I actually missed out on uh, following that and watching them cover and not ruin my ruin my day completely. But I must say, I am so disappointed on myself. The 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 math analytics side of my brain is saying this is fine. I'm actually better coming off a loss because it's it's more probability wise uh, that that you're going to bounce back. But really, I'm just the the non logical side of me is kicking myself for what I do. I switched up the hats and stuff after going seven and six on the weekend, seven and six. And we're switching things up. Never, ever. You got to stick to what you're doing. That's why I've gone back to what was working for me before that hat, the MVR spell out. And now I really think, you know, the randomness of the KBO, we're, we're going to get back and and also, I'm not messing around. We're looking at actual stats instead of just betting overs on the same teams over and over again. Fair enough. Fair enough. As you can see, uh, for the first time in show history, I am not wearing any eyewear at all. Uh, I'm trying to go back to my roots, trying to go back to my roots and build my way up, you know, back to the days before we even had a betting show sure. uh, <laughs> when I wasn't wearing oh. eyewear 24 uh, right. 7. So just breaking it down to the ground level and we're going to build our way up uh, and, you know, get back to, to eyewear and, and all that good stuff. So it. here yeah. are the records as it stands. Uh, it looks Gross. like it, you look like a basketball season over here. 18, <sighs> like the 2018, 2019 season. Yeah. Yep. I sure do. I look like a, a nuggets team that the professor Dre Miller was uh, sneakily <clears throat> the best the best player on, yeah. And I kind I look like a uh, the start to a rocky season right before they fall apart. Mm. Or but, like a rocky rocky three kind of hit a rough patch patch in his career. He started off fourteen and three, won the belt, then had some you know high level fights, and now he's fourteen and ten, and he's got to kickstart his career again. Okay, I'm really excited about what we have on the slate today. Uh, because we're getting back to some Broncos talk, getting mm. back to some prop bets here, getting back to the good old DNVR specials uh, that are exclusively available at DraftKings Sportsbook. These are our bets that we came up with ourselves. We threw them out to them, said, hey, we'd love to see uh, the competition between Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon and how that's going to go. They come back to us shortly thereafter and say, hey, here is what we have on the odds between Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. And Allie's going to roll this here. Here is how you can go and get in on these. Go to NFL. You go over to player totals. You go all the way over to Bronco specials, a.k.a. DNVR specials. And there you have it. All of the competitions that we've come up with so far. And as I mentioned earlier, today we're going to talk about Philip Lindsay. And Melvin Gordon and Andre, you know, I'm, I'm a favorite guy at heart. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm all for fade the public, all that good stuff uh, in certain scenarios, but I like betting on my favorite pick is when the line's not high enough. 
you know, I feel like I, I, that's my best way of identifying things is so-and-so is six and a half point favorites. And I'm like, that team is going to win by a touchdown or whatever it is. I, I feel right. like those, that's what my eye goes towards the most. And I think I probably have a pretty good record when I'm very confident in a favorite, but man, I've become an underdog guy so far on this show because in this Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon competition, I, I like the hometown kid and I didn't even plan that I would be wearing this. Phil I Lindsay just realized shirt. you did it. You really didn't plan that. I did not. I just, this is the shirt I wore today. Um, <laughs> and it's it comes down to a few things, but let's go prop by prop. And there's actually one that I don't love filling. So yes. we'll start here with most rushing attempts yeah and man i could talk myself into this one too we've got the graphic here it's philip Lindsay um mm. versus melvin gordon of course philip Lindsay is plus 183 melvin gordon minus 230 most rushing attempts now i mm. think there's a very important distinction here andre yeah that it's not most touches Yes. Because yes. Melvin Gordon most likely is going to have more catches this season. We, everyone wants to put Philip Lindsay in that third down, scat back, Darren Sproles type of role. It's really not who he is. It's the shape. He's the shape of a guy like that. But that's not necessarily oh, yeah. who he is. And I think, what, and, and, and I know one of the reasons that the Broncos brought in Melvin Gordon is because of Pat Shermer offense loves to throw the ball to, to the running back. Philip Lindsay, while I believe he can be a good receiving back, he was in college. Yes. He hasn't proven that out in the NFL yet. Maybe because Case Keenum almost got him killed one time and it might have just messed him up. Thanks a lot, Kareem Jackson. But uh, Melvin Gordon's going to catch a lot of passes. And that makes me that's interesting switch a little bit here because i was going to tell you that this is the one i'm least confident in from a philip Lindsay perspective and the numbers would bear itself out there too philip Lindsay is the largest underdog in this particular competition this one is close to a toss-up for me just because of what i mentioned earlier and i have a personal rule that's going to apply itself here three different times Never bet against Philip Lindsay. People that bet against Philip Lindsay are they lose all the time, whether we're talking about in life or on the books. If you Philip Lindsay yes. loves when people bet against him, I don't, I'm not gonna be the one to fuel that fire here. This is the one I'm least confident in just because I think the Broncos are gonna force feed Melvin Gordon a little bit at the, at the beginning of the season and he could get a decent lead here. I've been watching Philip Lindsay for my god eight years now going back to his his early days in college when he you know came and came came in to see you and redshirted and all that good stuff i know one thing when he gets out there on that field and you start handing him the ball it starts to become really hard to stop handing him the ball because he gives you a lot of reasons to keep wanting to give it to it well that's the interesting thing because over the course of their careers on a per game or per touch basis Phil has clearly been the most productive back of the two, Gordon and uh, and Phil here, which I think is, you know, an interesting subplot in all this. And as always, you know, 
national perception does play a part in this. You're talking about a, a Heisman finalist, a guy who broke records in college and was a first-round pick in Melvin Gordon, a guy who was, gets drafted in first rounds of fantasy leagues every year. He's definitely the bigger name, and we can't underestimate how much that plays into this. But the attempts here is really interesting also because Gordon has the added injury factor, right? Not that I'm putting that on him, but of the two backs, the one who's been less durable is without a doubt Melvin Gordon. And, you know, you, you want to make a safe bet. Phil has that safety net to him that so far in his career, he's only missed one game while Touch Melvin's... Wood. Touchwood, absolutely. Well, Melvin's missed significant time um, at different points. Why do you think they'll force feed him, though? And I, can you even share this? Because you have some unique insights, and I almost wonder how much you know you're allowed to say at this point. I think I could say whatever I want. Um, so the Broncos paid Melvin Gordon a lot of money. Yeah, sure. and they're going to want to make that contract look like it's worth it. That's number one. Uh, you know, that's the most highly criticized move of the entire offseason, maybe other than not drafting a left tackle, which is not even really a move. It's a lack of a move. Right. Uh, has been the contract for Melvin Gordon. And so first and foremost, I think they're going to try to make Melvin Gordon the starting running back. I think that's their plan. They, in their eyes, they see Melvin Gordon as running back one. And to be honest, we got a little insight from Philip Lindsay when he was on Instagram live with Terrell Davis not too long ago the other day when he said, look, I don't need 20 touches. Give me five, eight, 10 touches a game, and I'm going to break one for a touchdown. I thought that was very telling. That sounds like a guy who is coming to grips with what he has been told may be his role this season. So that's why I, I very strongly believe, among other reasons, that the Broncos are going to feed the ball to Melvin Gordon and try to prove that he is the, the running back one going into this season. But like I said, and you mentioned durability. That's huge. Also, Melvin Gordon is not a bell cow. Like, nope. get that nope. out of your head, Broncos or anyone else. Melvin yes. Gordon is not a bell cow back. He is not a between the tackles, you know, rough him right, up and, and right. go type of back. And if the Broncos use him in that way, I will say they they paid him too much money. So whether they want him to be or not, that's not who Melvin Gordon is. And the truth is, whether they want him to be or not, that is who Philip Lindsay is. He can be a guy who runs between the tackles all day and has success. And so I think that slowly but surely the Broncos are going to start realizing, man, we the best thing for the team is to give Phil those running back carries and give Melvin Gordon those sweeps, those screens, those, those game-breaker-style right. plays. Right. Yeah, I mean, and yet why hasn't that – why haven't the Broncos fully embraced Phil the last two years? Because he's already been in kind of running backs by committee – and not getting the majority of the touches, despite being the more productive guy. Obviously, new offensive coordinator, so it's a completely new ball game. But I mean, that's another interesting part. And you covering the team, I'm sure, have some takes on that as well. Yeah, and I'm gonna actually flip flop here. I, I like this one um, because uh, you know I yeah, think it's I think I do, I'm not saying I'm 
extremely confident that Phil is going to end up because I don't know how long the Broncos are going to be able to stick with that strategy. Heck, best case scenario is Melvin Gordon kills it in that role. Yeah. And they can use Phil in the more game breaker type role, which he can be great at as well. Um, but the odds here, as we've kind of talked about a few times here, we see it a lot closer than they see it. So to yeah. me, the value right. on this one very clearly falls on Philip Lindsay. And again, totally. the more durable of the two players. So that's where I fall on this one. Final stat over the span of their careers, Melvin Gordon, 15.7 attempts per game. Philip Lindsay, 13.4. So to your point that Melvin Gordon hasn't been a bell cow over the span of his career in five seasons as kind of the guy for the chargers, only 15 rushing attempts per game. So, not and I think much. the Broncos might be looking at those guys and saying, let's totally. get 28 touches yep. a game between these two players. Yep, exactly. Uh, and we'll see how those end up shaking out. Okay, this next one is actually the one I'm least confident in. And it is Philip Lindsay touchdowns versus Melvin Gordon oh, touchdowns. Yeah. Philip Lindsay's plus 163, Melvin Gordon minus 200. Here is the the place where Melvin Gordon has the most distinct advantage and has the clear stats to back him up. Melvin Gordon is one of the best red zone backs in the NFL. And I think that's the best quality that he is bringing to the Denver Broncos. When he gets in there, he has a nose for the end zone. He can smell blood in the water and he finishes drives. And that's something the Broncos have struggled with for four years now is finishing drives. And I think that might be the biggest reason why Melvin Gordon is in orange and blue this year. That guy finishes drives in the red zone. He's a good pick here. Comes down to a lot of what we were talking about with Judy versus Sutton on the touchdowns. It's really going to come off to um, who can break off some big plays. That plays a much bigger factor for Phil than it was Will for Gordon because Gordon's going to get fed the ball in the red zone. Though over the course of their careers on a per game basis, Phil has uh, scored 0.52 touchdowns per game. Melvin Gordon, 0.54. So we're right there as well. Right. Um, despite fewer touches in the red zone from Phil as well. So it really tells you, you know, at, at minus 200, Gordon is not great value, even though uh, he's definitely the favorite. Yeah. I, we, we agree on that. Yeah, he's the favorite here. And it just... It, this one also, you should know that this is most touchdowns, not most rushing touchdowns. And as I go back to yeah, what I just just quickly point. jumping back to the last prop, yeah, I said 28 touches between those two guys. Maybe that's a, a shade high. You could maybe go down a little bit there. But I think five of Melvin Gordon's every game at least are going to be catches. So that means if yeah. he's getting 15, yeah. or if he's getting 14 touches per game, well, what if nine of those are rushes and 10 of Phil, then Phil gets 10 carries in that game. Just something to uh, to keep yeah, in mind cool. there as we're talking about that. Okay, back to touchdowns. Melvin Gordon, do you have the stat in front of you by any chance of just how prolific he is in the red zone? I don't have red zone rushing, no. One's okay, I, I can maybe look that up here as you uh, talk about what what kind of makes him a good red zone back. Yeah, no, I mean, he's really, he's a threat in both the passing game and rushing game. He's physical. He's got good burst. He's, those are those situations where sometimes Gordon can get himself in trouble when he bounces, runs outside. 
But I also I actually think it kind of plays to his advantage uh, as a red zone back because teams are respecting that downhill speed. They're respecting that size on inside runs. So when he can pop one outside, um, lanes open up. He's also, you know, he's benefited a lot from designated touches. And he's a guy who's really taken advantage of those one-on-ones in space, especially in the red area. Because as you said, I mean, I do think it's accurate that he he feels it a bit more when he when he can smell those six points. And that's why you see him maybe be even extra efficient in winning those one-on-ones uh, down in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He he kind of has a nose for it. Um, and he's really good on sweeps and yeah. uh, outside runs. And mm-hmm. those can be really effective down in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teams are kind of loading up on the inside thinking you're going to run inside. And he has a really great eye for when to cut up field when he gets the ball out outside the numbers and gets some blockers he has really good vision as things kind of sort start to open up out there so he's really benefited uh from the actual plays they call for him down in the red zone and what they were calling for him out in san diego i hopefully the broncos and and pat Shermer have taken a lot of notes on that because you know you see the uh the little fake fullback dive pitch out that they do uh, like I said, a lot of sweeps, a yeah. lot of, you know, outside counters. Mm-hmm. So uh, he really does a good job of making moves to generate extra yards down there. And like I said, when he gets out there and you've got, you know, members of the secondary and he's within a few yards of the end zone, he'll find he'll find the goal line. Yeah. And he finishes runs, too. You know, that's a that's kind of a key down in the red zone as well. All right, well, final verdicts here, RK. Are you still looking for this stat? I am still looking for this stat, and I can't find it. It's killing me. But I'll tell you this, he's one of the most prolific red zone backs in the NFL. That's what I can tell you for sure. Um, I, I, I'm going against my own rule here uh, because I think this is what Melvin Gordon brings to the Broncos. Um, so I, I definitely think that the Broncos are going to try to make this a reality give him lots of touches in the red zone and uh i'm going i'm going melvin gordon here yeah i guess so too i i won't exactly be putting money on this but if gun to my head i would go melvin gordon i agree all right there you go all right moving on to our very last one here and probably the most fun of the group most yards and i'm just going to double check here as we talk about this this is most mm-hmm. uh, most yards from scrimmage. Yes, most so yards from scrimmage. Yep. That's that's an important distinction here. Not most yeah. rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Most yards from scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Philip Lindsay versus Melvin Gordon. Now this one, Andre, I'm going to let you start because the numbers that's like awesome. the underdog here. Yeah, they do. And what's interesting is Phil on a per game basis in his career has rushed for 66 yards. Well, Gordon has only rushed for 63 yards, so slight slight advantage for Phil despite fewer touches on a per-game basis. But when you look at yards from scrimmage, Melvin Gordon has actually averaged 91 yards from scrimmage per game over his career, while Phil is at 80. So those receiving yards and the fact that this isn't rushing yards does make it particularly interesting and give it a little more... uh, 
a little bit more of a toss-up, even though I do like Phil best here, A, because of the durability, and B, because, you know, if we're going to be splitting this kind of even, I think Phil's shown that on a per-game basis, despite limited touches, he can really make the most of it. Um, He's also... I don't know. Maybe it's not fair to say he's the greater home run threat, but in some ways I see, uh, you know, I see a little more upside to, to create a bit more yards than expected, but you know, the value is nice at 144. It's not as high as the last few. And that tells you that DraftKings here think uh, we might be onto something with Phil. Yeah. How many thousand yard rushing seasons does Melvin Gordon have? Just one. So one. So in two years, Philip Lindsay already has more thousand yard rushing seasons right. uh, than Melvin Gordon does. Again, the reason why Melvin Gordon the favorite here is because of that receiving ability. Mm-hmm. Um, he most certainly expects to get a lot of receiving touches. And that's yeah. going to be tough for Philip Lindsay to keep up with. It, it, like if we mentioned, yeah, he, you know, Phil might end up getting more carries uh, in this contest, but it's going to be tough for him to keep up with the passing attempts if if yeah. Melvin Gordon is getting five catches a game, you know. So let's say he rushes for 60, but he caught for 30 on five catches. Well, that's, you know, 90 yards, and Phil's mm-hmm. most likely going to have to make up for that mostly in the rushing game. Now, you say he expects to be receiving lots of passes. Do you get that feeling from the coaching staff too? Oh, yeah. Or do you think that's just a bluff or you actually think? No, I mean, Pat Shermer loves throwing the ball to running backs. Phil yeah. Lindsay has struggled receiving the ball in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. There sure. is a very obvious reason why Pat Sher- Melvin Gordon is a Pat Shermer signing. Make no mistake about it. So he wanted a right. guy like Melvin Gordon that he could throw the ball to out of the backfield. It makes life so easy on quarterbacks when you can just throw that little swing route out there yeah. and have a guy make some moves. Yeah, I just wonder if maybe it's a little overblown that he loves to pass to running back since he had such a unique running back in Saquon. And also, I wonder if Gordon's stats were overblown because he did kind of have a veteran, not super mobile quarterback who does like to just check down to the running backs and was kind of force feeding some some throws there. It wasn't necessarily that he was super dynamic, so... Just something to consider if you're if you're wanting to go with that minus 177 with Gordon. So I found an interesting stat on Melvin Gordon here yeah. that does kind of play to what we were talking about. Mel, and this comes in from our uh, friend of the program, James Palmer. Melvin Gordon versus stacked boxes since 2018, which obviously you get a lot of stacked mm-hmm. boxes in the red zone. 4.8 yards per carry. Wow. That's second in all of the NFL. 11 touchdowns against stacked boxes. That's second on all of the NFL. Wow. And 10 yard or more runs on 16.9% of his carries against stacked boxes. That too, second in the NFL since 2018. That's incredible. I mean, he's better against stacked boxes than he is against light boxes. And I think, I think that's because the coaching staff out there in San Diego or Los Angeles did a really good job of identifying those stack boxes and getting him outside of them. Yeah. I think you're onto something, right? Where you still, you know, at worst it's a two on one, but you're in space. Right. Exactly. That, and I think that 
was kind of their strategy. Again, Melvin Gordon, he looks like a between-the-tackles guy. He is an outside runner. He really is. And Philip Lindsay looks like an outside runner. He's oh, really good between the tackles. He's amazing between and the he's tackles. fearless between the tackles as yes. well. So that's what makes this interesting. I think there's a lot of eye test stuff going on here. You are talking about, you know, like you mentioned, a former Heisman candidate, all of this stuff. There's a lot of stuff going towards Melvin Gordon. And if I'm being completely honest, I think right now, if Pat Shermer was on this show, he would pick Melvin Gordon and all these props. But the longer you spend around Philip Lindsay, the more you see Philip Lindsay on the practice field, the more you see Philip Lindsay on game day when he gets that look in his eyes. I've seen it from, from feet away. He gets a look in his eyes on game day when he, you know, he pops a 10 yard run and runs over a, a corner on the sideline as he goes out of bounds. He gets this look in his eyes, and I just know when Pat Shermer sees that, he's going to say, all right, all right, keep him out there. Keep giving him the ball. And he starts he right. starts walking back to the huddle with this little strut, and he goes in the zone. And I, I think you're absolutely nuts if you're an offensive corner and you see him get in that zone and you take him off the field. If he hits it, give him the ball. And, and I think Pat Shermer is going to learn that quickly when he actually sees these guys out there on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, even if he's not getting the most touches, he's still going to get a lot of touches. I don't really think they have a reliable third running back. I really think it's going to be bulk of the carries, these two guys. So, yeah, it's uh, these are exciting wagers, and uh, I really like the value of Phil in all three bets. And this one may be the most. Yeah, it's funny. I've as we opened up this conversation, I've actually flip flopped my order of which ones I like the best. I like this one second for most yards to Philip Lindsay. I like most rushing attempts the most, which wow, that's crazy. That's the uh, the one with the highest payout for Philip Lindsay backers, and then touchdowns is the one that I probably just wouldn't touch. Pun intended, or something. Ah, uh, yes, uh, sure, yeah, fine. Cool. All right, let's move <laughs> on to our picks of the night. Of course, that thank you to DraftKings Sportsbook for presenting uh, this show, DNVR Bets Daily, which I haven't even said yet because I was so broken up about my heater uh, perishing in the wee hours of the morning. Mm. Um, so it's time to get back in. All you can do when you fall off the horse is get right back up there and ride again uh, quickly. Producer Allie, if you could bring up our records. Why? I just why, want to look at why them. you gotta do that. I really like this boy again. Look at so well done. Ryan. Shout out to D Line for making this beautiful graphic. Actually, this might have been Kale. I don't know. D Line, he he it was his brainchild. Um okay, let's get into the KBO bets. Let's do it. Producer Allie, you can put Andre out of his misery. All right, there you go. Thank you. All right, I'm going to let you start. You sounded like you might have had a little something in the bag tonight. I mean, I don't know about something in the bag. Um, I can tell you I'm not taking any nights off from KB overs. When the KB over slams you down, it's just because there's another batch right around the corner. I would venture to say that was the lowest scoring night in the KBO that we've had thus far this season. And it's not going to happen again in these three games. And they are not our usual three games because you know what? If, if we're going to start messing around and everything, 
then I might as well at least look at the starting pitcher ERAs here. And the Dinos and SK Wyverns are bringing out two guys who are rocking a six-plus ERA. Give me the over all day on that. Then we got Doosan against the Tigers. We get an 11 ERA against an 8 ERA. Oh, <laughs> we my know, God. We know that Doosan's amazing. Of course, small sample size on these ERAs, but they've been killed already. You know, it's it's tough going out there for pitchers in the KBO. So it, it's tough to bounce back. And as then we, finally, as we learned in the UFC, the more you get hit, you don't, you know, slowly <laughs> get right. better, you get worse. Unfortunately for some of my picks. Yes, that's so true. And finally, heroes against twins. We have a 450 ERA for the heroes against a 675 for the twins. Give me the over. Andre, I, I truly can't believe what's happening right now. No, Ryan, what's happening? We're matched up. We didn't talk about this. What? We didn't talk about this before. Oh, we, man. Uh, didn't have anything else. I was I was thinking of, you know, maybe getting cute and going with the total here um, because or I'm sorry, the team totals here mm. because you've got my uh, you know what? Scratch that. Oh, no. I'm just going to change it up a little bit because I don't really trust the heroes. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're all about. Um, I do they're trust heroes. my twins and you can get twins over four and a half at minus 114. So mm. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. And then the other two, I'll ride with you straight up. Uh, Doosan and Tigers, Dinos and Wyverns over and over. And by the way, it should be noted, Doosan and Kia, the highest over we've seen so far in the KBO. Let's go. That's a over 11. Yeah, that's the game with the 11 ERA against the 875 ERA. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a proper adjustment. My guess is that we cover this this Doosan and Kia by the third inning. Wow. Is there like is there a live bet we can place on that? Um that's worth like setting an alarm at 3 maybe 4:15 for um seeing first to score and win first to three runs let's mm. see run run lines first three innings no oh can we get an over under on the first three innings oh we can can get an over under on the first three innings total runs scored in the first three innings over under three and a half wow no way yeah. Oh, Ryan, I'm adding that to my tally as well. Uh, you sure? Yes. Okay. I just want to. I don't want to be talking you into. No, that's too good to not. be true. And now we get the real insights by um, Chris. Chris K Hill. Chris, Chris K, K Hill. Hill. Yeah, I need, I need my glasses at this time, and I all three lines have gone up since midday when I got on all of them. So there you go. That's wow. uh. That's this one. Happened. You know, they've been paying a lot of attention to the overs and unders, and obviously they're seeing a lot of action on the KB over just coming in from people who listen to this show. Of course. Um, but I wonder, a lot of the action has been in the later innings because the bullpens. starters are okay and the bullpens are trash. Oh I just wonder if they're kind of they're kind of set on these over or under three and a half in the first three innings, and we might have found a little lapse 
here with these two poor starting pitchers on the mound. We shall see. So you've got four, four on the card there. Four. That feels so much better than three. You know, we really got to be, we'll be at 22 by tomorrow. There you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, Oh, I mean, I'm the one who said it, so I'll get, I'll add it to my card as well. Oh, I, I assumed you were adding it to your card. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that is darn good value. Unfortunately, there's no alternate line about how you could get to 11 in the first three innings. Like I predicted, (laughs) uh, but there you yeah. go. Over under three and a half in that one. Twins over four and a half. And then, of course, the over 11, Deuce on Kia. And over nine, Dinos, Wyverns. Dinos, I mean, a 1 0 win last night? What's going on with them? Unreal. That should be yeah. illegal in the KBO. Truly disgusted with them, frankly. Yeah. Uh, I would consider banishing them from the league. Same thing. By the way, we stayed away from the run line, uh, which is obviously always minus one and a half in, in almost yeah. every contest. We've been smart. A lot of one-run games in yeah. this league. The, it, it's like amazingly entertaining. It's really fun stuff, the KBO. Gosh, we got to stop doing this show so late. We need to, We need to reset our schedule so that we wake up at 3.30. Yeah, I guess. I'm I'm game. <laughs> I'm game, I suppose. You're you're like, well, my daughter wakes me up at that hour every day anyway. Yeah, exactly. What time did you wake up when it when the uh Doosan game was still alive this morning? I was up at six thirty, but I actually looked at my phone at like anywhere between seven fifteen and eight fifteen. I can't tell you exactly. You know what's funny is I woke up and I didn't have the urge to look at my phone. I had I just I think telepathically, oh. I knew that the that the heater was dead. That's because a shame. I just I, I even rolled back over. I'm like, I'm not gonna look. I'm like, I'll, I'll look later. And then I sat there on that side of the pillow, thinking something's wrong. I got I gotta look. I gotta look. There is something about the pressure of having one, you know. Right. I, totally. I think it's a little more freeing, a little more competitive edge when you're trying to bounce back. I mean, I looked, I opened up the scores. The first one I saw was like 1-4, Kia and Hanwa. Then I saw 1-0, and I was oh, like, I know. oh, dear God, what happened? Was there weather? Was it Was there <laughs> God, was it no. dust in the air that was blowing mm. in their eyes? I, I, I was shook. That uh, was terrible. Anyways, only way to start a new heater is to get right back up on the horse, and that's what we're doing tonight. So uh, go overs. Go overs and uh, RIP to the heater. But right. when one door closes, another one opens, Andre. So true. So, so true. that is going to wrap it up to, for us tonight. But before we go, I want to let you know to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. Sign up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget to enter the code DNVR and get your sign up bonus. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus compromise of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And of course, as we always remind you, if you have a gambling problem, make sure you call 1-800-522-4700. There is someone who can help you get this thing in line. But anyways... 
It's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook and shout out to you, Professor Dre, the math magician. We love you.